0: And then you can be be seated. And let me just give you a just a just a little bit of um, information of what we're going to do tonight. I'm just going to share for uh, a few moments. Um, then I'm going to pass it off to Jeff, and he's going to share for a few moments. And um, and then after we do sharing, then we're going to open it up for a opportunity for you guys to express some comments and 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 questions of that nature. And that's that's the forum. This is this is we're just family here. Got that? We're not at the Democratic or Republican National Convention, nothing like that. We're just, a, we're just the body of Christ, enjoying being together. But I kind of want to do something just sort of interesting, if it's okay. Um, how many of you were here hey. oh, when sorry. we were doing this, these kind of Q&As, a little less than two years ago? How many is here tonight that was at some of those meetings? Just curious. Put some hands up. Look at that. Isn't that amazing? That you were here for some of those Q&As back almost two, two years ago. How many of you, um, that means that, that if you were here, you were most likely a part of what was Cornerstone Fellowship and what was Meadow Baptist Church. That's kind of neat. How many of you um, were not here for any of those meetings two years ago? Put your hands up. Isn't that neat? Just kind of cool, just kind of cool, cool. Hey. cool watching the room and neat what the Lord, what the Lord is doing. Let me just say um, very, very quickly, and I alluded to this on Sunday, that myself... And and Jeff are so grateful that the trust that you placed in us, especially for those of you that were here two years ago and part of those meetings, I mean, we took some enormous leaps of faith and you hung in there. And I would like to think that all of us that were here two years ago can just kind of stand back and say, wow, Lord, look what the Lord has done, because we really are in the midst of a miracle, what he has done in this place. And how many of you know that the, that the Lord is not finished? Amen. He didn't shut down shop. He's still continuing the miracles of what He is asking us to do. And we also recognize in the room tonight, there are basically, perhaps more, but basically three kinds of people. There are those that are just the optimistic ones. Let's take the hill. We don't even need a map. Let's just go, right? There's some of you. Thank God for you. Yeah, we get it. That's all right. Some of us are just like that. I'm like that. I about ran off in several ditches doing that, but I, that was me, all right? There are some in the room that are cautiously optimistic. You're kind of excited, but with a, with a degree of caution. And there's some of us here that are just cautious. And I want you to know that every one of those feelings is good. It's acceptable, and it's A-OK, all right? It's A-OK to feel that. So if you're the one that feels a little bit cautious... Don't feel intimidated by the person that says, Go take the hill. The Lord has done that, and He has wired the body of Christ to be exactly like that for a purpose. But because of that, one of the things that we want to do really well during this process is not rush and and not hurry, but our calling is to be a shepherd. And shepherd leads sheep. That's what we're called to do, to lead sheep. Uh, We're not ranchers, we don't herd sheep. There's a difference of being a rancher and being a shepherd. We know and we love doing what we do to lead sheep. And that's our that's our goal in all this. So that all just to say this, man, when it comes time to ask questions and, and those things, don't don't feel ashamed if you have a question that reflects a little bit of caution or lack of understanding. Um, please, please feel free to ask those. I want to just let you know though that that when you think about something like this that we are getting ready to do in a merger with the IHOP community, there are lots of different people here, and you may not even um, understand what IHOP even is, or their story, or what they do, um, and, and that's okay, because in the days to come, we're actually going to have the leadership here, and Billy himself will share with you his testimony, and how that movement got birth. and it's going to be a fascinating story, so I don't want to tell you a lot of their story. I can Allude to that a little bit, but you're going to get a chance to hear it right from the horse's mouth, if you will. It's, he's going to come and share that with you, and, have, and you'll have an opportunity to even ask him questions as well. But I do want to paint a little bit of a picture for us before we get into the what and the mechanics. Um, because the what really is important, but what's most important is the why. Why would the Lord call us into a relationship like this? Why? What's the, what's the purpose? And there are three basic ways that we answer that question. And I hope everyone has had an opportunity to read over this. This does a really good job of that. We put this out on multimedia, email, and Facebook. So hopefully you've already had a chance to read this. Do we have
1: any more copies of those in the room?
0: Did anybody so that, Does anybody not have one? Do anybody not grab one as you're, as you're coming um, in? Yeah. yeah, put your hand up real quick. If and somebody we'll,
1: could help out, that would be super duper. Keep yeah, your, put your uh, hand up real
0: high. Keep your hands up. Put your hand up real high and we're going right. to... And we're going to put one of these in your hands. And this really does a, does a really, really good, good job. And if you ask a question that's referenced in here, we'll probably direct you right, right back to this as well. But, but when you think about the, the why, we, we ask ourselves the question, Lord, have you called us to do this first? I mean, And we call that the prophetic, right? What is God saying right now for this body? And I can tell you, for the last five months... Um, There's been an increasing amount of evidence from the Lord, prophetic specific, that he has called us to do this. There's been prayer. There's been fasting. Hundreds of man hours have gone into investigating this and said, Lord, is this what you're asking? And and we reached a a firm conclusion that, yes, the Lord has invited us into this. That's the prophetic thing, all right? Is, Is this what God is saying for us uniquely? And then, of course, there's the second question we ask Is it biblical? Is it biblical? Is it biblical for the body of Christ to unite around a common purpose and a common cause? We don't have to go very far in the Bible to realize, yeah, it's actually pretty biblical for the church to come together to pursue the kingdom. But many of us have lived in a church culture for decades and generations, perhaps, where we haven't seen this done very well in the church. We typically, what, get mad and we divide. We divide over a doctrinal nuance, or we can't get along over the colored carpet, or or one family in the church is arguing with another family, and we divide and we start our own churches. So we've not seen many examples of churches coming together for a kingdom purpose. But I believe the Lord is inviting us in to be the tip of the spear, if you will, to do this in our region, and we're going to begin seeing more and more and more and more of it because it's going to send up a flare, and people are going to be looking at what we're doing. And I can tell you, we have already heard from people all around the nation, churches and ministries are already contacting us, surprised and excited and asking the question, wow, how are you doing this? In England, Shanghai, Taiwan,
1: Spain, (laughs) Africa, and uh, Roswell. And Roswell, uh, (laughs) the far country.
0: So... Just to let you know, man, all eyes are on us. What, how exciting, but what great sobriety that we have in humility to carry this so carefully what the Lord has asked us to do. So it's obviously biblical, right? God has called us to do it. It's obviously found in the word for unity. And then, of course, the other, the other question is, is um, um, why? How is it practical? Why does it make sense? Um, Let me just tell you why this church, if you are new to this church, you know we started based on a singular vision of being a church that would embrace wholeheartedly the authority of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. If you know anything about church, you know there's been a division somewhat that exists between the tribes that just want to emphasize the Word and then the tribes that only want to emphasize the Spirit. So the Lord, in a um, unique way, would bring a man that had a Baptist background, and a man that has a Pentecostal background together. So we are committed to being a church that's established on the Word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit because we have a desire to be a New Testament church, a New Testament church. That is the itch I've never been able to scratch for years and years and years, a desire to be a part of that, and that's what this is. And this is what God is doing. And in our pursuit of that, the Lord has done great things through so many of you that's had a vision to build a community in this place for students and singles and men's ministry, women's ministry, and the list goes on and on to establish an a, a authentic community. And it's been great and wonderful to see what has happened in that. But the Lord has been preparing another body of believers through their own unique story that established a church that had at the center and core 24-7 night and day prayer, that established prayer as the centerpiece. And you will get to hear in time the story of Billy, how, how he left a, a very successful church. He helped us start Victory World Outreach in Norcross with Dennis Rouse. They, they started this together and had a successful time of ministry there as the student ministry pastor. And the Lord, over 12 years ago, just altered his course and took him on a path that would call him to to start a place that would be solely devoted to 24-7 prayer, intercessory prayer. And as they began to pray, they were getting two and three and four years in, and as people were coming to pray, the, the outgrowth of that was evangelism, and missions, the desire to go to the nations, to go to the neighborhood and to go to the nations. And the Lord began to develop an incredible community in that place that had a strength of prayer and of mission. So you see the wisdom of God already, don't you? That the Lord preparing us, establishing a community based on God's word and the power of the Holy Spirit, building family, building community, and then the Lord brings a body together that has a desire to see prayer at the center and heartbeat and mission from neighborhood to nation. And literally, it's plug and play, isn't it? And that all came about through the context of deep relationships that myself and Jeff have had for years with the leadership team over there, getting to know them, getting to know their hearts and finding out we have so much in common with one another with every conversation we have with them. Sometimes my jaw drops, when I realize right. how much alike we are. I mean, it's amazing everything from, um, we have a desire to be part of Camelot, right? Sit around a round table, right? Just to, lead as, as one to a deep love of the nation of Israel. Um, and all this, every little box was, was, was checked as we begin to come together. So that, just to say this, as we have worked through a process over the past five months, asking ourselves those questions. Lord, are you speaking this prophetically to us for our body? We say, yes, Lord. Is it biblical? Is this something that God's Word says is okay? Yes, it's not just okay, it's actually the prayer of Jesus himself. And that we are an answer to that very prayer. And number three, what are the practical reasons? Because we know the Lord is coming soon. And he's bringing things together to expedite and accelerate the advancement of the kingdom in this region and in this place. So that just gives you just a brief sketch of kind of the why and what's going on. I'm going to pass it over to Jeff and give you a a few moments. Yeah, sure. Um,
1: For those of you that weren't here on Sunday, of course, simultaneously at Husper Atlanta, miles away from here off of Collins Hill and in our morning service, and then again for IHOP and the evening service, uh, the leadership shared with both communities what the Lord was doing, and um, it was just awesome, especially here on Sunday morning, to um, see the response of this faith family. Um, We figured everybody would be like, okay, all right, yeah, cool, yeah, great, we'll see what the Lord's doing. But y'all went kind of bonkers. It was really bonkers is the Hebrew word. So it it was just really, really refreshing and good and encouraging. And uh, we watched the live stream at IHOP on Sunday night. We wanted to honor them by letting Billy share the vision with them without me and Dustin sitting in the corner so that if there was, you know, any kind of intense... Response. They wouldn't feel muzzled by me and Dustin sitting there. So, But there was no concerns with that whatsoever. It was just another enthusiastic response. Now, let me say this. Um, an initial response of faith and encouragement and trusting the Lord and pressing in. And really, and Dustin and I don't take it lightly, and I know, I know Billy doesn't either at IHOP, just your confidence that your, your leadership hears from the Lord and we're really seeking them. Uh, that does our heart good. But we also are well aware that there's, there's a lot of work to be done. And so what this meeting is about is to do our very best in whatever time we have. We'll probably go to about 8.45 tonight if you need to leave prior to that. You're not going to hurt anybody's feelings. But in order to do what we need to do here tonight well, what we're going to do is I'm going to have Casey come up here with one mic. You're going to get the front of the congregation. And then Greg, are, um, right back here, where is it? There is. it is. Greg will do the back, and y'all will get your... your uh, Cardio in tonight, running around. These guys have microphones. What we're doing is we're uh, we're recording this for people that aren't able to be here tonight or weren't able to catch it on the New Bridge live stream. They'll be able to hear what we're talking about at a later date tonight. Um, the number one question that we have gotten in the last three days, after making the announcement on Sunday, um, because everybody, t- what we typically do once the big picture is somewhat put out there, we we automatically start thinking, okay what does this impact on me or my ministry? How are things going to change? What I do, I do under the Lord. Who I am, I am in the Lord. But all of us, whether we try to or not, we find um, a groove, and when we're in that groove, week after week, month after month, year after year, we don't really become aware that we're in that until somebody messes with it. And it's that, that word that we really don't like to say in church, that cha change. That's the, the dirty word of evangelicals in America. Um, and so it's, it's in those moments where we realize, oh, change is coming, that really we have two responses. It's, it's, it's that we press in and trust. We approach it objectively. Lord, there are some things I think we can know that we'd like to know. As a leadership team, to you guys, Lord, there are some things we want to give to the faith family, to the church family, um, but, but I want to go ahead and tell you this. There's some stuff we don't know yet, and so you, you might have a specific question, and I ask it, and we're going to answer as specifically as we can, but there may be some things we just have to look at you, and we'll have a scribe, Casey will write down, okay, Jeff and Dustin didn't know the answer to that. Let's find it out, and so there are some stuff. There are some things that we're going to share with you tonight that's pretty clear, and we'll answer all your questions. This is one thing I do want to ask, and I learned this by watching Billy Lee last night. They had like an hour and 45 minutes of questions. We don't have that length, but a lot of what was said was just people affirming what was happening, and so they weren't really questions. They were more like hallelujahs and testimonies. While those are really encouraging tonight, we want to, at least at the beginning, really stick to questions. So what we're going to do is, in a moment here, we're going to have you raise your hand, and we're going to bring you a microphone, and when you get the microphone, ask your question, and then we will answer it. But try to be as concise as possible. I'm going to answer the, the top question that's been asked. This is the number one question. Okay, so <clears throat> who's, who's my pastor? <laughs> Who, who's my pastor? Listen, Dustin and I, when we uh, committed to the Lord's plan two years ago, both of us came from a, a single pastoral leader mindset. We had elders at both churches, but pretty much there was kind of one guy out there. And one of the things that was a joy to Dustin and I were very different men. um, We're gifted in different ways. Our personalities are different. And a lot of people just said, oh, no, this is going to be a disaster. He and I knew, no, that's why the Lord put us together. Because it was the beginning of, if you want to call it this, there's a lot of different ways you can call it. But I, I strongly believe in a five-fold approach to ministry or an apostolic leadership uh, a paradigm. Now, those are all little fancy words. What it means is this. One guy, one leader can't do it all. And to the degree that a church is dependent on a singular leader, that church is going to be weak in a lot of areas. And so Newbridge has two lead pastors. What's going to happen is we're going to move to a model of a pastoral leadership team. That You'll still have Dustin and I, but we're going to be adding to that Billy and Gabe Palmer. Those two men are the two primary leaders working with other leaders at IHOP Atlanta. And in your handout, those... uh, those descriptions of our roles are there. I'm not going to parse those tonight, but be aware that those are there. And also be aware of this. They're not siloed. They're not completely contained. Uh, all four of us have been doing this long enough to we realize we're going to do whatever it takes to provide for the leadership and the health of this flock. And we're going to be working with a lot of different people. Uh, there will be four primary pastoral leaders for the church. For Newbridge Church. And again, that will be Dustin, myself, Billy, and Gabe. Billy and I, for at least the first 12 months, will do about 95% of the preaching. And the reason for that is we want to make sure that both um, faith families, as we become one, and listen, there is a process, it doesn't just instantly happen. Cornerstone and Meadow folks, y'all know that that it took some acclimation time. And we're not going to pretend that that doesn't exist. So what do we want to do? We don't want to let anybody feel like they're getting ripped off when their favorite guy's not in the pulpit. So we're both going to be up there. And that's just to benefit. And listen, I'm going to tell you something. If you've not heard Billy teach, you're not going to be missing a beat. I'll just say this. I try to do my best when I preach and teach. I'm not, I'm not really skilled at a lot of things, but I really try to do a good job in the pulpit. Billy is phenomenal. I go to IHOP. I've been going to IHOP on Sunday nights for years because that's a guy that I can get fed by. And so those are going to be the primary pulpit leaderships. And then of course Dustin will continue to do what he does. And then we get this magnificent guy named Gabe Palmer, who's around here quite a bit. Uh, they, when they're not, you know, birthing babies, they've got, I think, seventeen children. I think it's seventeen children. No, they have eight. They just had their eighth baby. And uh, but Gabe is just a phenomenal. Uh, people person, relational person, and very skilled. And so you're going to have four primary individuals that are going to be leading, but we're not going to be doing it by ourselves. There's other leaders that are going to be speaking into it, and we're going to be doing a great job at blending and networking together so that we can provide in the church piece the, the greatest, most dedicated, solid, healthy leadership paradigm that either community has ever seen. It's actually getting strengthened not weekend. And so we wanted to present that to you. That's really the only one that I'm going to preempt you with. What I'd like to do now is I would like to go ahead. Do you have anything else before we open the floor? I'd like to go ahead and just, we're going to spend the rest of our time um, assuming that you guys have questions. So we've got about 50 minutes to where we can do some Q&A. This is the time to ask the question, okay? And we just assume everybody's got a great heart. So there's nothing off limits. Now, if you get sideways with us, We'll just prophesy against you, and so you'll be in trouble. No. We welcome anything because there's not a, there's not a question that shouldn't be asked if it's important to you. So if you'll raise your hand, leave your hand in the air, we will just get to you as we see you. So who wants to go first? We're gonna come to you. Okay, we're dismissed. We'll see y'all later. So. Somebody's got a question. Come on, Bunny, back in the back. Greg, can you get to him? Yeah, my, my question is, what is the difference between what you're doing and what the Bible speak of as the one world government? Well, you want to take it or you want me to take it? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like saying, what's the difference between red and the number nine? It's just two totally different things. What you're talking about, Bunny, is you're talking about in a secular, I'm assuming you're talking about. In, at the end of the age, the one world government? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, it's just, it's completely different. Number one, we're saved, so we're not going to be a part of that process. We're not going to be entering into that, which is kind of under the domain of the Antichrist. So it's, it's really apples and oranges there. What you're looking, what we're doing here is just providing what's clearly New Testament, which is a plurality of leadership. has nothing to do with government. It is how do we take the best care of the flock? So I don't know if that answers your question. I'm not sure I, I fully got the question. But. I think
0: I may know what you're getting at, perhaps. Um, there are movements in the realm of Christendom. We call it ecumenicalism, where churches do come together and unify around a specific political liberal agenda. Uh, we, we have seen that happen, right? We understand as the end times develop, there is going to be a one world government that will be established with a false prophet that will lead a religious system, which would be an amalgamation of world religions, um, even Christian denominations perhaps. So that does exist, but this is not that kind of unity. This is a unity that's birthed around the centrality of God's word and the authority of scripture and the power of the Holy Spirit, which is the antithesis of what the false prophet is going to lead at the end of the age. Does that make sense? Was
1: that a better answer? Dustin has a gift of interpretation.
0: I speak Jamaican. He
1: speaks Jamaican. That's awesome. Thanks, Bonnie. Who's next? Back here in the back, Ryan. How will Newbridge be involved in Sen 56 and the missions part of IHOP? You or me? Yeah. Okay, this is awesome. That's a great question. Thank you, Ryan. I'm going to condense it because I could wax eloquent here for a moment. Because one of the things I'm most excited about is the resurrection of both um, domestic mission and international missions in the sense of uh, church planning and going overseas and strengthening the body of Christ and advancing the gospel. Um, Meadow and Cornerstone, when we came together to formulate New Bridge, our our missions programs were uh, really not thriving. And so I've worked for the last two years at deconstructing that missions programs, which is been very difficult because they're great people that we love we've partnered with for years but that was part of my responsibility is to coordinate and communicate with those folks and say um this is a new season here so we 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 gave them ample notice to say at the end of this year we're no longer going to be able to partner with you with the exception of the church plant in el salvador we are going to bring over the church plant with el salvador but we are going to adopt what is called finish the task which is the the It is the mission's arm of IHOP International. And so that mission is going to become the mission that we participate in, that we invest in, that we can get training into, that we can go overseas with. And so it really is, it is a lateral move. Chandler Pridgen heads that up at IHOP Atlanta, and it is going to literally, for those of you that are part of New Bridge, it is going to take our mission's Um, program, if you want to call it that. And it is going to say goodbye to a program and it starts becoming part of our culture. And so it is going to take us from zero to a hundred instantly. And we're thrilled about that. Sin 56 is a part of that. Um, I'm on the board of Sin 56. I'm uh, speaking Gabe Palmer, of course, who will be one of our pastors here is also on the board of Sin 56 and is part of uh, the home office here. And so we're going to have the It's going to be awesome because we're going to have opportunity to get back involved in overseas missions in ways that we haven't in two years great question ryan thank you who's next right over here greg
0: uh i've been around three churches in the last 30 years and uh I've seen pretty much three church splits, uh, and it usually happens because the leadership usually lets something fester and start. And I guess I'm not really asking a question, I'm just saying I hope that there's some way that, that you will be able to stay ahead of something like that, to prevent something like that. You or me? Yeah, I, um, boy. It's his dad. Since my dad it, and I, so, we've yeah. we've lived the same life and walked through the same pain there, so I can I I completely completely understand that. You know, it's um it's interesting when you when you talk about what happens in the uh, church, and my heart has been broken over the years when you see these things happen, and a lot of it boils down to not being able to deal with conflict well together, and you let things build up and you let things fester. I believe what happens in a situation like this, and I don't want to use this word lightly, but it really is truly entered into a covenant relationship with each other. Myself, Jeff, Billy, and Gabe, that we come together and we covenant with each other before the Lord that we are in this. And we will work through all of our difficulties. Not unlike a marriage that really says divorce is just not an option. Not- yeah, well, we'll have difficulties. We'll have to work through issues. But there's no checking out and there's no going home. Right. And I believe you're able to... Carry that if you walk in humility and you understand that we are representing Jesus. Amen. He has entrusted us with his reputation. Yes. Therefore, we don't have the luxury to mess this up, to not fail. So to me, it's all what your motivation is. Our motivation is for the, is for the glory of God. Amen. And what tarnishes the beautiful glory of God on this side of heaven is when the body of Christ acts like that. Yes. So I think to answer the question is it begins with honoring the Lord and being in covenant relationships with each other, learning to prefer and defer one another over themselves. And in that kind of environment, man, love prevails as we abide in him. If we cease to abide in him, we're in trouble. But if we abide in him and he abides in us, he is going to get us there.
1: Yeah, that's a great answer. That's good. Yeah, I mean, we're all in. Um, we're laying... Our, our, our testimonies, our individual influence on the line, we're putting it into one place. We're kneeling down before the throne of God and saying, God, whatever, however you want to put these pieces, these four pieces, and then the two communities together. He's already got the core of who the DNA is going to be. We just have to we have to work it out together. And so it's going to foster a greater dependence upon the Holy Spirit, um, a greater commitment. Dustin, I think, wisely used the word covenant because... Uh, we're going to give an answer to the Lord. Yes. We're, we're going to give an answer to the Lord for what we're doing right now and yes. what springs forth for this. Now, listen, I love you, and I want you to be you know, happy about what we're doing, but I tell you, what causes me to tremble is not whether or not you might like it, but what he's going to say in the final yes. evaluation. And so that, that sobers the heart to the extent where I don't want to stand before Jesus and, and look my king in the eye at the end of the age and him say, why would you let your ego get in the way? Why did you tarnish my glory? Why did you diminish the power of my message by operating in the flesh? I don't want that for a day, much less a season. So, um, yeah, we're well aware of of the history of fragmenting and schisms in the church, and that's not in our destiny. I'll just tell you that. Who's next? Did you raise your hand? Oh, no. I... I actually have two questions. Okay. The first one is, are we going to start having Sunday night service? Yes. Oh, good. Yeah. And the second one is, are we going to remain Newbridge, or are we changing that again? Yeah, Newbridge is a church. Let me give you a um, an explanation. One of the things that is going to be the the, the intellectual challenge for Newbridge is we have to train ourselves to start thinking in a slightly nuanced paradigm not when you're part of a what you would call um a local church everything's under the umbrella of church doesn't matter what the ministries are they're all under the name of that church one of the things that we need to start recognizing is this we are committing to a mission base and so that mission base consists of ihop atlanta which is 24 7 night and day worship and prayer and we can talk more about that at a different time but if, if you've never experienced that let me just give this in a nutshell you can go over to um whatever the address there is on collins hill and you can walk in there at any time of the day whenever you want 1625 collins hill road you can walk over there and and you can get, go in the front door anytime you want 24 hours a day seven days a week 12 months a year 365 days a year and it's been that way for 11 years that they, they've kept the flame of worship burning that's a component of the mission base task finish the task is a component of the mission base that's international missions um there is also forerunner church we're we're extremely thrilled about that is their young adult ministry and that is a thursday night church service with 150 i don't know how many people any of y'all go there how many kids are there? 150, somewhere around that. Young people that come together and worship And Jamie and Jamie Pridgen. Yes, that's their name, Jamie and Jamie. They lead that assembly. That's another part of the mission base. And then New Bridge is going to be the church in the mission base. And so what we're looking at, the answer, the simple answer, Ada, is yes, we are New Bridge Church. And what we do is we provide the peace that is community. It's not that IHOP Atlanta doesn't have community, but we provide the apparatus by which people can relate, minister, connect, and it frees up a lot of their leadership to focus on the unique calling that they have, which is primarily to keep the flame of 24-7 night and day worship burning. So the answer is we will be New Bridge Church, yes, and they will be part of New Bridge Church. One of the things I'm going to start challenging us on, we're even doing it as staff, it's not us and they, or... Yeah, us and them. It's not us and them. It is becoming we. Now that's the reality. It takes time for that to relationally hit on all eight cylinders. But Newbridge Church will be the church of the mission base. Okay, great. All right, got one right over here, Greg.
0: So, well, it's loud. Um, so the. Um IHOP, the 24-7 Prayer and Worship, will that stay at that location? I mean, will we be keeping both locations and then some things function there and some things function here? Yes, exactly. So one of the beautiful things about that is that their church services that meet on Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and 5 p.m. now will roll into our church services, which then their facility, which is really only a mile and a half away, will be able to remain a dedicated prayer room, and also the school for task, interns that are there. It kind of becomes the school and training center alongside of the prayer room. So it's a beautiful situation. Now, so some of you may be wondering, so how many people are a part of the IH Community, right? That's a good, that's a great question. Well, the exciting news is uh, we're going to be rolling approximately 500 new people into the life of our church. Isn't that awesome? Come April th- All, all the, 22nd, the introverts are going... Oh, my goodness, 500 people, all right? So you can imagine the level of work that needs to be done um, as that unfolds itself. So we're really excited about that. But to answer your question, yes, we'll have two different campuses. And let me just um, piggyback on something really quick. If you, if you haven't been over to the prayer room, um, you can probably find time to go since it's always open. Let me, just, let me just really <laughs> encourage you guys to go over there. It is a peaceful, it is a wonderful environment. There's always somebody leading worship there. They have a room manager that's there to kind of guard the room. It is a beautiful environment. It's not weird or it's not strange. We go over there all the time. Sometimes I'll take my laptop, and they have a little table set up where you can put your work, and you can work, and you can pray. It is a great experience, so I just really encourage you guys. Go over there for a couple hours. Check it out.
1: Yeah, and I'm going to add this, and then we'll take the next question. Um, during the hardest season in my life, uh, well, in my, in my Christian ministry, let me put it that way, um, I, I, I got reacquainted with the, the goodness and the bigness of God in that prayer room four years ago at a time where, quite frankly, I was about—I I knew I had my wife and my kids on my side, but I was really skeptical if there was another person I could I could trust at that time just through a lot of difficulties— and I would go at about 5 in the morning, and I'd sit there till 10 in the morning. And over about a nine-month period, um, I met God in ways that were, were amazingly gentle and reassuring and help, helpful in ways I'd never met him before. And this is years after I was initially filled with the Spirit. I was walking in all that stuff, but the intimacy. And that's the message of IHOP Atlanta. Intimacy with the Almighty. Amen. And I experienced it firsthand. I'm going to tell you, it didn't happen on the first day, but it happened in the atmosphere of being in a place that had been dedicated at that point for eight years, seven or eight years, unto just fostering his presence and worship uh, nonstop. And, and it was transformational in my life. So uh, it's a very special place for me personally. All right, next question. Yes, Tim. Yeah, so... Um Very excited about this, and in fact, when the the, um, announcement, I wasn't here for it, but I was laying in bed and just all of a sudden I started tingling all over, and I just knew the Holy Spirit was all over this. One of the things that's very near and dear to my heart, um, my late wife, she was an ordained minister with the Assemblies of God, and over the fifty years that I've been in church, I've seen discrimination Mm -hmm. um, sometimes against women. So. The question I have is for the um, pastoral positions in the future and also in eldership. Will there be
0: opportunities for women to serve that are appropriately qualified?
1: Let, let me, can I respond to this? Let, let me say this. Um, I know that one facet of the unique calling that is on my life um, is to elevate women in ministry. Um, and I'm, I'm, by the way, for those of you who don't know, I'm the guy that came from the Baptist background. And I was, com- I was trained completely opposite. But I do believe this. I believe Joel 2 and Acts 2 are very clear, and we are in the last days. Yes. And God said he would pour out a spirit upon all flesh, and that, of course, is going to include the daughters of God. And I do not believe that there is a gift that is withheld from women. I do not believe that there is a calling that is withheld from women. But Tim, let me be very transparent on this i personally and i think billy would probably back me up and you you may need to ask him personally i think dust and i are on the same page Uh, female eldership is something that i'm working through i have some very um i have some passages in the scripture that i am personally working through theologically and i'm not sure that i'm not real sure that ihop is ordaining uh, eldership to women but what I want to communicate clearly is this. Um, that when somebody steps in their assignment from the Lord, no human being can stop them. And what I want to do is, is literally part of my calling is, is a liberator. I hate oppression. I hate it racially. I hate it in gender. I hate it um, um, socioeconomically. And that pulse is also in the heart of Dustin, in the heart of Billy, and in the heart of Gabe. So one of the things that you are going to see is a movement of the Holy Spirit that will be facilitated through this church to the degree that the Lord wants to do And I'm not going to tell the Lord you can't do that. And so what I'm doing is I'm just being as honest. I want to liberate and elevate and facilitate broad ministry anywhere the Lord validates it. And if I would tell you here today, I would be violating my conscience if I said to you today that I'm 100% sold on female el- eldership. I'm not against it. What I'm saying is I'm still working through the theology of it and using the word of God to do that. Does that answer your question? Great. Thank you, brother. Another question.
0: Check. <laughs> I'm over here. Hey, Stacy. Welcome hey. back. Glad to see you Thanks. back up on your feet. Thanks. I got my blanket, but I'm here. <laughs> um, I have a question. This might be more for Billy, but I'm just kind of curious to know how it's gonna flesh out with as far as um in f- like when a, when someone visits the house of prayer, you know, he shares about Anna and you know just kind of raising that awareness each time that there's a gathering of an assembly of some kind, and how that's gonna be like, is that gonna kind of sp- spill out over here to where there's gonna be regular teaching about what it means to be a missionary with IHOP, or is it gonna stay more? Focused on this is just the body of Christ, and by the way, there's a prayer room, and you know, like, just how is that gonna? Yeah, um, work? can't elaborate a ton on that because there's a lot behind it, but I can tell you this: there will not be a by the way there's a prayer room. Got that? I want to understand. So what we what we really want to say, because what we what we really are excited about here is that the that the prayer room, twenty four seven, night and day, intercessory prayer is more than just a good idea. Yes. Right. All right. Now. It is a good idea to pray 24/7, but there actually is a lot more to it. Some very significant theological underpinnings uh, behind that, which we're going to be learning about in the days to come, as we seek to do something very unique in church culture, is to have prayer as the centerpiece. Of course, I think in terms of Star Trek, so I I, I like to think of it like the Lord like of the, the Rings. Here and it goes. Star Trek. Star here Trek. We go. So. It's the it's the warp it's the warp coil, right? It's the it is the centerpiece. Now, what that means is, right? What that means is, and I'm sorry for my word pictures, but um, some of you have some of you have old school washing machines, do you? So, old school washing machines had this thing in the middle of it that twi- that twisted. It was called the agitator. Anybody knows what I'm talking about? It 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 has the agitator. So, just imagine for just a second. When you take 24-7 night and day prayer and you put it right in the center of this thing called church and it's constantly going on, that means that everything we do ministry-wise will be birthed out of the place of prayer by saying, God, what are you doing? In my experience of 24 years of full-time pastoral ministry, I have learned that by and large, we treat prayer more as a condiment than we do as the foundation. That we begin to do something, and we begin to add prayer to it, you see, as opposed to, Lord, what are you saying, and then begin to move into it. Now, here's the reason why. This is why I'm so excited. It's because we are going to so promote the prayer room. We're going to encourage everybody in the body to go to it. We're going to encourage internships for those that can go and do that because it's such a fundamental thing, but we have missed it. By and large, as the church, because as the church, we are notorious for confusing good with God. God is good, but good is not always God. You hear that? God is good, but good is not always God. How can we make sure that what we are doing in ministry is not just good, but God? It must come through intimate relationship with him that whatever we do in men's ministry or women's ministry or student ministry and youth ministry and children will be birthed out of the place of prayer. Imagine with me for a second that our ministry leaders across the community here at Newbridge goes and spends time in the prayer room and, and, and interceding, doing intercession sets around, Lord, what are you calling us to do? And then it comes out of the place of prayer. Man, that's, that's just electric, isn't it, of what the Lord wants to do. So we're going to be learning more about the prayer room and really encouraging all of us as the body of Christ to go be a part of that. Now, we're not going to legislate that, obviously, right? It's a, you can have as much of it as you want, but we hope you're going to want it because yeah. I want to be there, right? <laughs> so over time, over time, we want to, um, for lack of a better word, enculturate the body here into a deep, profound sense of the culture of prayer. And I will tell you, I've never been a part of a church that had prayer as a centerpiece. This is brand new for me, right? Brand new for me. That really now, we gave lip service to it. We added prayer. Yeah, I going to pray about it. But I mean, we've never really done it well. And we have a chance to do that really, really well. You want to chime in on? That's a big... Yeah, I thought you did a great job answering. Um, we think in terms,
1: most churches think in terms of we have a prayer ministry. And... and like we have a children's ministry or like we have a youth ministry or men's ministry that's not what we're talking about we're talking about 24 7 night and day worship and prayer being the um the the core of of where everything else is flowing from now understand this not everybody that is a part of the ihop community Participates like that in the prayer room. So as Dustin said, we're not going around and we're asking, "Did you go to the prayer room this week?" Are you in the prayer room? <laughs> that's not. That's not. That's not what we're going to be about. But we are going to raise the level of awareness about it, Amen. because I've already testified to you that my life was radically changed there, yes. um, maybe even rescued to a certain extent. And so one of the things that I think that I hope that the folks at IHOP who are maybe wondering, well, why are, why are we doing this? One of the, one of the heartbeats that I have is. I really feel, I told Billy this last week, I think, um, I really feel that part of what the Lord's asking me to do is to bring awareness to what's going on in the prayer room and the prayer movement globally. Amen. And so I, I used to drive, my kids went to the school across from IHOP, I used to sit in their carpool and was like, what is that place? <laughs> I did that for two years. And then when I finally met Billy, I was like, you mean people can just walk in there and pray? Yes. And he's like, yeah, man. I was like, is there an admission fee? <laughs> and it's like, no, man, it's prayer. And so the point being is this. There's a lot of people in our community that need, and there's a lot of people in this room that need in your life what God did in my life. Yours will look different and, and, and maybe uh, manifest differently It's the same Father. Yes. And so we're going to be raising awareness of it. I, I will make this little prophetic or you, for your comfort zone. I'll call it a prediction. Um, some of your lives are going to get... Um, imbibed over there the holy spirit's going to begin to work in you for you and through you and it's going to come when you make up your mind that you're going to take part in the prayer you say well jeff what goes on over there a lot of great stuff goes on over there but again the core of it is intimacy with the almighty you're spending time with the lord and so uh yeah i don't remember what the original question was because i started getting excited but
0: on a on a quick personal note um my son Matthew, who's on, who leads our production ministry here, was going through a tremendous difficult season of his life. I mean, really struggling. And, uh, and the Lord put on his heart to do an internship over there at IHOP. Some of you will be being called to do an internship. They're totally free. Um, it's, a, it's a tremendous experience. I'll tell you, his life changed from the inside out. It changed everything as he learned how to hear from God and receive the love of God, disciplined himself to sit and be still and be trained. It changes his life, like you, but I mean, I watched my son, so it deeply affected our families. I saw the immediate fruit in my own son of what that place represents, of encountering the intimacy that the Lord desires to have with his, with his kids.
1: Yeah, and last thing, and then we're going to take the next question. Um, it's not just prayer. There's also worship. There's music. There's praise. He inhabits the praise of his people. So there won't be a moment that you walk in there where there isn't at least one musician or singer. On, uh, you go over there at 3 o'clock this morning, there's going to be an individual on that stage and no that's going to be facilitating worship unto the Lord. And there's something about that. I mean, the ministry on that platform so often are, are the musicians, the worship leaders, the singers, and they are worshiping unto the Lord, and the Lord just smiles on that. And you literally, you walk in, you step into the smile of God. It's just incredible. Next question. Over here, correct
0: so,
1: 500 more people going to fit in here? Well, if, Yes, the answer is, we have our logistics going over here. Um, if everybody shows up on the same Sunday, which might happen on that first Sunday, maybe in the first couple, uh, do you believe in close fellowship? Yes. Yes, 500 people will, 500 extra people will fit in here, but I will tell you this, it is highly likely that at some point we go to two morning services. We're going to be adding a 5 p.m. service. I mean, I'll just be honest with you folks. Jesus is coming back real soon. I'm not looking for reasons to meet less frequently with the body of Christ. I want to be hanging with you, worshiping with you, and serving with you as often as possible the closer we get to the second coming. And so imagine that. I mean, And listen, the the morning services and the evening services will each have uh, equal focus and intentionality behind them. Uh, When we had morning and evening, it was always like, morning's the real service. The evening service, you know, it's just kind of, it's a little different. That's not the way it's going to be. So if we have two mornings and an evening and a Wednesday, right now, IHOP Atlanta doesn't have a Wednesday evening service. So Billy's encouraging them, come on over. This one's a little different. This is a different Wednesday service, but Joy leads worship with uh, different teams here every Wednesday night. By the way, Joy that led us tonight, she's part of IHOP Atlanta, has been leading us for four months on Wednesdays, something like that. Clinton was doing it before it, so it's already happening. Right up here, Marie? Casey, you're getting off easy, man. I'm sure the Holy Spirit will lead this, but this is just a human question. Um, I see you and Billy will be the primary preachers. Correct. So what if you decide you have a, a series that's burning on your heart? I mean, are you
0: going to do it every other week? You're gonna change, or how's that yeah. gonna work?
1: It's yeah, that's curious. great. Thank you, Marie. Um, this is what we're gonna do. Um, we are going to intentionally start we don't have a time frame set out yet. Our target start date is late April. three weeks after Easter, three weeks before Mother's Day. we want to have our first combined service. Um, we don't know what we're going to do that day, but um, and then we'll have a service that evening too we're going to start out by sharing Sundays so if I preach in the morning, he'll preach at night. If he preaches in the morning, I'll preach at night. And we're not going to tell you who's preaching. Because we know you. We know what you'll do. <laughs> we know what you'll do. But ultimately, what we probably will end up doing is sharing a series. So we will tackle a series together. The beautiful thing about um, the partnership in the pulpit is that Billy and I are wired very much alike um, in certain ways. Um, we also share some of the same passions, Our, I don't know. It's hard to judge your own preaching, but I feel like I get a lot out of his preaching. I feel like we're similar. We have our differences, but the beauty is, is that there won't be a time where you show up and you feel like, oh no, he's preaching. You know, we're we're gonna, we're gonna feed you. And ultimately, the the series. It, I'm not even trying to be funny on that one. So. Oh no. What we want to do is, matter of fact, in the beginning of January, myself, Dustin, Gabe, and Billy are going to sit down and we're going to start strategizing what do we start doing uh, at halfway through the year in order to address the needs of this new work that God's doing in these new folks. Yeah, the Elisha series was fun. I was sorry he died on Sunday. That was just, that was a great series. <laughs> if you weren't here Sunday, so... We ran out of Elisha's life. I got nowhere to go. So. Okay, back here. Oh, did you have another one? Or was that it? Okay, Cherish.
0: I just wanted, want to know about their children's ministry. Do yeah. they have one? And are the young children ever going to get to worship with us in here? Because I think that that would be beautiful, even though it sounds really packed. Yeah. I'm not sure if they'll be able to fit in. Yeah, um, when you think of the IHOP community, they, they have a fully functioning church body. They have uh, small groups, they have children's ministry, they have high school ministry, they have student ministry, and it's growing, and it's important to communicate to both of us that you know, nobody is trying to save or rescue each, either church. Right? This isn't a rescue. We're not you know, rescuing them, and they're not rescuing us. You have two healthy bodies that are coming together to maximize our strengths and mitigate our weaknesses. This is what the Lord has had in mind as he has put this together. So to answer your question, yes, they have all that. And part of what we're going to be doing over the next several months is taking what they do and, and understanding that and then integrating it into what we do here. Now, we're going to absorb as Newbridge most of the children's ministry, and student ministries. They will come over and they will begin doing what we're doing primarily in the areas of church-related um ministries, children, youth, and students. The same is true, we're gonna be doing what they're doing in the areas of like some training, prayer, missions. Now, as far as children being in the church service, as beautiful as that is, it's not very practical for a lot of reasons, and a lot of the reasons has to do with safety. We want to protect our children. If it's a small church environment, it's kinda easy for parents to keep your eyes on the kids. But it's like when you have your kids at the beach. It's okay if you just have two or three kids playing by the water. But if you've got a ton of kids out there, you can lose them really quick. And we want to provide an environment for our kids that's really, really safe. And the only way to do that with a lot of children, and we're going to have a lot of children. Uh, People at IHOP have a lot of children. So we are, our children's ministry. They love them some baby making. Our children's ministry is going to expand dramatically. So what we want to do is keep them very safe and fill it up downstairs. But I'm with you. I love having, you know, worship with kids at home. But I encourage you to do that with your home groups and get the kids out and let them be um, a part of that
1: yeah and i mean here's the thing to remember it's not like they're dumping their kids off they're going to serve with us these are two communities becoming one they've got gifted skilled faithful people who love children just like we love children love students love ministry like we do so it's not like that we're taking over we're blending these two communities just like we did with cornerstone and newbridge the interestingly for for the newbridge family for those of you that were there at the initial merge, we've done this before, so we know how it works. We see it. This is hard for them, and I really uh, it could be hard for them. They don't understand how this is going to work, and so what we're going to do, Billy and I, Dustin and Gabe, we've agreed that the top priority as we shepherd is going to be our staff, ourselves, our, some of our other leaders. We're going to honor each other. Honor is going to be the facilitating principle in this. We want to honor them. We want to validate what they have in the kingdom, what they do for the Lord, how God has gifted them. So it's going to be a blending. So um, that's probably not an answer to your question. I will tell you this. Elijah Camp's going to be here from now on. And Elijah Camp is, back in the day, we did VBS, VBS, VBS. Elijah Camp is, is like... It punts VBS into the past and says, it's like kids' ministry on steroids. It's awesome. It's going to be so good. So that will be starting here. All right, back here. Um, We love our youth pastor and children's church pastor. Um, Will that— Yeah! Right? All you kids up there? Um, So will there be any changes in the leadership uh, as far as that goes— Do you you want to take that? Yeah, the the church staff is not changing. So we're, we're retaining our pastoral leadership team. Um, we're going to be having new volunteers that will come into each of those ministries. Christopher will still be the leader of our children's ministry. Casey will still be the leader of our student ministry. The dynamic that's going to change is that our college and our young adults will be a part of Forerunner Church and under the leadership of uh, Jamie and Jamie, which is, that's common knowledge around here. We actually started facilitating that several months ago because we had our college students, our high school students, and our middle school students kind of all in one thing. And 12-year-olds and 22-year-olds aren't living the same life. They need different kind of ministry. Same leadership, though. Over here. Noemi's got a question.
0: Yes. Um, sorry. Uh, are we keeping the Sunday morning classes, uh, the Ye- teaching? Yes, absolutely. We will keep Elevate Hour. Absolutely. And what's cool about that is... Um, They have some incredible teachers over there as well that we're going to begin to utilize even during the Elevate hours, different classes. I mean, we are going to have an incredible experience by weaving the gifted teachers we have here with who they have over there. It's going to be a robust discipleship teaching opportunity that we're going to provide. But to answer your question, yes, and hopefully hopefully more, right? We're going to be adding and not subtracting. Yeah, training and discipleship, just get ready.
1: Just get ready. The training... Um, track at IHOP Atlanta um, in, my, in my experience it's unparalleled and they work so hard at doing an excellent job I can't wait for you guys to meet Hazen Stevens it, he's just he's an amazing guy and um, I'm like really super pumped because the equipping we haven't been able to do a whole lot of that in two years here We've been focusing on getting the body settled, a lot of preaching, trying to get ministries where they need to be, home groups and all that, but equipping is going to be a major component of what we do. Um, I still hadn't picked up on all the Cornerstone members. I mean, I I know we lost a lot of metal, but I've loved everybody we've met. Could I suggest name tags for the first month? They'll kill you, man. They'll kill you. <laughs> I wear a name tag. I don't have a problem with it, but a lot of people. <laughs> um, <laughs> Are you kidding? Uh, you being serious? Uh, no, a little of both. Okay. But um, you write them out every Sunday by hand. <laughs> <laughs> you had always, you had a, a special place in your heart about Africa missions. Still do. And and you mentioned um, their very distinct direction for that. Do you see Africa? being in your future with with this new church well i'm I'm called the new bridge i mean i'm not i'm not moving to africa but i yeah i mean it's it's not just africa it's unreached people groups uh people have to hear the gospel The, the the gospel has to be preached to every nation before the return of christ and so we facilitate that by spreading the gospel advancing the gospel africa is um africa and the middle east they have works going on in Dubai, planning houses of prayer in Dubai, training. Sin 56 is distinct from IHOP Atlanta. Sin 56 is its own 501c3. They do the equipping, the training of, of Africans to reach Africans, and they're doing an amazing job. Um, IHOP Atlanta is, is, is primarily building the prayer movement in different parts of the world. And from those houses of prayer that could be built in Africa, Dubai, the Middle East, and other places, there will uh, eventually spring forth mission. And so, it's the, again, it's the best of both worlds. If I could take out my heart and just unwind it and let it talk, the thing that I would want to be communicating to you guys from Newbridge is, we're not losing anything. This is gain, gain, gain. And when I speak of that, I'm not being mercenary. What I'm saying, this is kingdom, 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 kingdom. That the components that we lack as a faith community are the very things that IHOP Atlanta is blessed of God and anointed in. And the things that we do well that they don't even have the human resources to really put into. When you're running 24-7 prayer, night and day worship, and you have to staff that then you, you can't realistically it would take decades to build a, a fully fluid faith local church community with ministries so the things that we have been blessed to do well are the things that they want and the things that they do well are the things that we want and as god has put this hand and glove together we just stepped back and we said this is of the father this is of the lord and so there is there is nothing we 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 lose listen It's not about losing or gaining. If there's any hesitancy, it's just change. We struggle with change. That's okay. It's all right. We're allowed to struggle with change. What we aren't allowed to do is to be mastered by the fear of change. And so we will own those. We'll walk them out together. That's why we're taking five months to shepherd the congregation in this. The New Bridge Meadow marriage was a shotgun wedding. I mean, that bad boy was like, we announce it, boom, we're married, and here's the birth. I mean, it was one of those, yeah, literally. The vision came in October, Cornerstone was in the building in January, for the second Sunday of January, <laughs> and it was intense. We're not doing it this, that way this time. We're going to shepherd you through. We want your heart in this. We want you to be able to see what the Lord is doing in this, and so we'll take our time.
0: Um, Does IHOP Atlanta have any connection to IHOP Kansas City and and Mike Bickle uh, particularly?
1: Well, let me me tell you, Billy did a a one-year internship in Kansas City in the early 2000s. But IHOP Atlanta is 100% fully autonomous. They are their own group. There is no um, oversight in the sense of somebody giving directives or anything like that. But there's relationship there, but there is not any kind of reporting or anything like that from IHOP Atlanta, um, excuse me, from IHOP KC. IHOP Atlanta is 100% um, an autonomous local ministry missions base right here, just like Newbridge is. We don't report to any overseeing government, government or board or any ecclesiastical authority. We are established by the Lord and governed in-house, and so is IHOP Atlanta. Right over here. Kristen. Man, I'm good with the names tonight. I never do this. This is awesome. 17 cups of coffee right before service. It's working for me. Uh, My question is, has anyone been given the task of um, compiling all the dreams and visions and different prophetic words and um, just everything that's come together for New Bridge specifically? Because IHOP's done a great job of, you know, channeling and um, writing all their prophetic history. Um, So I was wondering if anybody has been given that task of doing it for It's
0: going to make a great book, that's for sure. So to answer your question, it's kind of yes and no. They've all been compiled. You've got some on your computer. I've got some on my computer. Since all this began with this, who does a great job? Billy has kept great records. When we began sharing what the Lord was saying to us, he immediately pulled out his iPad and started scrolling back to 2005. You know, it was amazing to go back and be able to recount. Um, that's something that we need to do. They're all written down, but to compile that would be a great idea. Um, are you Are you volunteering to get all that together and put it? Uh, I mean, maybe so, because really, that's what that's what's going to take somebody to put all that together. Because it, it is it is super encouraging to go back and and just read the specificity in which the Lord has spoken into yeah. all this.
1: Yeah, and and fortunately, we're not. And fortunately, we're not too far behind the eight ball because we do have a short history. The vision given to Dustin in 2015 was the inception of what would become New Bridge. But this piece, for I'm an objective thinker. I I like the Lord to speak to me primarily through the word. But there are things that the word does not reveal. When God wants to do something in the now, he speaks in the now. And so um, the Lord really took me out of my comfort zone. I was... Never was I skeptical about what we're doing, never. But I'm an objective thinker. Dustin had the luxury of having the initiating vision of what we're doing right now, the second merger. And when he shared it with me and Billy, Billy was like, okay, we'll, we'll process it. We felt like we needed to steward it. And I was probably a little less uh, motivated than that. And so what it, took me, it took me about probably about three weeks, and the Lord gave me a, two dreams that solidified it completely and I'm not a big dream guy I'm just not but when the Lord gave me those two dreams I walked into the next meeting with Billy and Dustin I said I'm 100% in this is the father and so uh, and of course that's not we're not basing all of this on dreams but we're also not discounting the dreams that God gives all right we got time for just maybe one or two more Lisa's got a question right here what are we doing no laughing sorry Friday night worship and the thirst service. Are those still? Thirst service will no longer be a part of our uh, yearly calendar. And the reason why is because Friday night worship is going to be primarily its own thing. We do have those on the calendar for next year, but because we are now entering uh, a ministry that includes night and day worship we can worship whenever we want thirst service excuse me third yeah thirst service was primarily orchestrated to introduce the the people from the baptist part of the merge into the things of the spirit we didn't want to do that delicately on a sunday morning so we had those friday night services for a year to facilitate dave farkas teaching on the gifts of the spirit some impartation and so that's no longer necessary um the the team the musicians and the singers and all that one of the things that i don't know if any of them are here and i don't see any of them but um one of the things that uh, i'd like to say is there's going to be opportunities for musicians and singers to enter into the process over at IHOP Atlanta, by which they form teams. There, there's the opportunity to lead sets, ministering unto the Lord. And so what's happening also is our, our worship ministry just got multifaceted. Multifaceted. So if you've got a, a, the ability to sing and to play under the Lord, there's going to be opportunities for you to take part in what God is doing here in Atlanta, but also doing all over the globe. And so um, was that both questions? Did I answer them both? Okay, great. Dorothy, where's Dorothy?
0: There she
1: is. Yeah, right over here, ladies first. Sorry.
0: Uh, As you spoke earlier about the end times, uh, I see that the church really needs to be more aware of the rushing in of the end times that we live in. And my question is, will there be more prophetic teaching More of the Revelation, the book of Revelation, and the preparation of the body of Christ as the bride of Christ, and the coming of Christ, and being prepared for his coming as the bride. Go ahead, you're good (laughs) in eschatology.
1: Yeah, so Dustin gives me the The eschatological eschatological question question. yes. (laughs) (laughs) The answer is yes. Newbridge has never defined its eschatology. Um, we have lots of diversity in our church family here about the way they view the end times. Um, and that's fine. Um, we don't make that a test for our fellowship. Um, most churches our size will have people that were trained and taught differently. Most people basically believed whoever got to them first. And that's the way it is with a lot of doctrine. Um, eschatology is going to be very important in our future. Um, it is extremely important to me as, an, as a pastor and also one who preaches and teaches the word. My heartbeat is to prepare people for the second coming. Amen. And the closer we get, the more specific we're going to be. And the hour is getting late. And so the answer, Ms. Dorothy, is yes. There will be... Um, It may not be in the first uh, six months of 2018. We want to make sure that we are ministering uh, to the flocks. However, there's going to be learning tracks, training tracks. There will be seminars. It may not be our Sunday morning sermon series, but from the get-go, there is going to be opportunity for anybody that wants to to grow in their understanding of end times events.
0: So you would say two things to summarize what he just said. One, a strong emphasis on preparing the body of Christ for the end of the age. And the second aspect of that is a strong emphasis on the nation of Israel. We believe the Bible teaches that, that night and day prayer will be established prior to Jerusalem being the shining star on the earth, you know? So we really believe a, a strong emphasis on the nation of Israel as well, which will foster some of this.
1: Somebody gets to be the last question and we're just being considerate of those. Who gets it, Fisher or Noah? God help me, which one? <laughs> yes. We have two twins for the you that don't know and it's been 2 years and I still can't I can not I can't interpret. I'm sorry, bro. Uh, so moving forward, I guess how would you say the vision between the older generation and newer generation newer generation moving forward is connected.
0: Mm-hmm. again, so the, the vision between, the, between the two
1: generations, the older
0: generation and particularly yeah, my generation. Yeah. man, that's um, you are you are playing my violin right there because that's something That is significant to me. I wish I could lay out a perfect plan, how that's going to work, but I know we have a burden for that. One of the things that I don't like is when people say, we got to focus on this generation, this generation. Well, guess what? Everybody alive is part of this generation, right? Sometimes when we hear that word, we got to focus on this generation. We tend to forget that if you're 90 or nine, you're actually part of this generation. So, one of the things as a as a church body that we want to look for creative ways to connect the older generation with the newer generation, the millennials and younger, because it's so vital to pass along the heritage of the Lord into the next generation. So how we're going to do it? I don't I'm not really sure, but it is a it is a priority and a very serious topic of conversation we talk a lot about. So I just yeah. preached on it Sunday. Were you here Sunday morning?
1: Okay, so. Hopefully that'll wet the appetite. Let me just summarize it by this. Uh, we, we need each other generationally. We need each other. And, and if, if we will commit to honor, it, the need typically among the younger is humility and to validate, I need the wisdom of the older generations. I need that. It's not that I'm, I'm just going to you know, patronize them by listening. It's, I actually need what they know. And the older generation has to look at the younger generation and say, it's actually biblically in the kingdom always been the older generation's job to invest in the younger. And we have to do that. And so uh, whether you want to call it forerunner ministry, but preparing for the end of the age and facilitating night and day worship, listen, I'm going to tell you that there is something uniquely um, intertwined In this ministry that's about to happen here that is going to appeal to the millennial generation because they generationally they don't they don't want any nonsense being sown into their Christianity they want truth even if the truth is hard. They, they, and when I say millennial, these guys are younger than millennials. They're, this is our generation Y, as I think what they, they call you guys. But they don't want the nonsense. They, there's been a lot of nonsense, and I'm a Gen Xer and baby boomers. We had a lot of cultural nonsense woven into our Christianity, and it's, it's, it's been exposed. And so the younger generation is saying, please honor us by not giving us all of the trappings We just want organic Christianity. We want the truth and we want to be able to to walk it out in love. And so, yeah, um, great question. And what's cool is all three of the four pastors, Gabe is too, Gabe may not be like being called middle-aged, but me, Dustin and Billy (laughs) are all within a couple of years of each other. I think Gabe's maybe late thirties. And so we're in the middle. We're not really young anymore, but we're not ancient yet. And so we get to stand in the middle of these two... Gen- that wasn't an insult. Come on, relax. <laughs> we were doing so good until they I said pass. that. Man. We stand in the middle and we say, hey, look, we're, we're not there anymore and we're not there yet. And so we can, we can bridge that gap. Hey, listen, these have been great. You want to close this out? Yeah, I was going to close
0: this out and yeah. let you know um, we're going to be doing some more forums like this. Hopefully at the next one, we'll have Billy and Gabe here to um, interact with you guys as, as well. If you have any questions... We are open for questions. Um, Jen Woodruff is here. She filters all of our... No, just kidding. You can, you can email me directly or Jeff directly. Just Dustin at MyNewBridge.Church or Jeff at MyNewBridge.Church. We're actually both
1: Dustin at MyNewBridge.Church. Yeah, just, yeah, sure. so yeah I, get, I get them all. Emails, so. so
0: there's no doubt that, that you're going to go home and you're going to think of some stuff. So please, please don't have an unanswered question. Don't try to answer the question yourself with a... With a, with a, with a kind of a partial thought, right? Please ask the questions. If we don't know, you may help us um, in an area we need to find out more about. So please email us. Please let us know. Make sure you read the uh, document as as well. Amen? So thank you for your time. Thank you for your trust. Thank you for for your patience. wanted to clarify one quick point. I don't want you to uh, walk away thinking um, that the task is, is primarily about Africa. They are in China. They are in Mexico. They are in the Middle East and in Africa, and that is expanding. They have 45 international missionaries that have been sent out that we now get to partner with. We specifically took apart our missions program to make it part of those. So what we're bringing over is our ministry in El Salvador. That's very important to us. But outside of that, we pretty much cleaned the slate to be able to embrace what the Lord is doing. So you have a heart for mission from from the neighborhood to the nation, man, you're going to be Excited, yeah. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, yeah, give God. Let's do that. That's all right. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. I want you to think as we, as we pray, this is going to be a lot of work, but we don't want to miss the wonder of yeah. what God is doing. The Lord, I mean, as, as, as I was getting overwhelmed with everything we had to do, the Lord just said, you know what? Yeah, there's a lot of work, but don't miss the wonder. Just take, take a minute. Just take a minute and say, Lord, Look what you've done. Look what you've been doing over the the last two years. These are just significant, unprecedented things the Lord is doing here Mm. and around the nation. So close your eyes, and Lord, just help us to have a moment of wonder, of awe, of our awesome God. Lord, your intentionality has been so beautiful. Your hands have been so involved in everything and all this, and we are amazed by it. And we are reminded, Lord, that your word says, as the birth pangs on a pregnant woman increase, Lord, so it would be in the coming of the Son of Man. And Lord, so we know your activity is increasing. Your intensity is increasing. Lord, we feel those pangs. We feel the rhythm, Lord, of what you're doing. And Lord, we stand amazed at that. Lord, we just pray Lord, as was uttered, Lord, in Revelation 22, the spirit and the bride say, come. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. We look forward with great anticipation, Lord, of the shout and the trumpet call of God. We look, Lord, for the bridegroom to come. Mm -hmm. So, Lord, we want to be ready. We want to be prepared. We want to be about your business, Lord, when you come. It's not your will that any should perish, but all come to eternal life. So I pray, Lord, you begin to weave our hearts together, Lord, with the International House of Prayer Atlanta, that we would love, we would prefer, we would defer, we would honor. Lord, your word says that the world will recognize us by the manner in which we love one another. Lord, help us by your spirit to do that well. Thank you for this New Bridge family. Yes. Thank you for their amazing ability, Lord, to look into the promised land, their amazing ability to catch what you are doing. Lord, we are so blessed. Jeff and I are so blessed and so humbled to serve alongside these brothers and sisters. So, Lord, help us to lead them, Lord, as you lead us, Lord, down the path of righteousness, not for our sake, but for your name's sake and for your glory. And we ask these things, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you.
1: All right. God bless. We're dismissed.